Welcome back to the show. Is this episode 99? I think it is. Is it late? Absolutely. I had the episode done earlier this week and the video didn't record. So I had the audio, no video. That's unacceptable. I caught it like 30 minutes in and I just shut the episode off, unplugged everything. Uh, Basically felt like the little kid with the basketball. I just took my ball and I went home. I was pissed. So then I scheduled a guest. Uh, Our schedules didn't line up on that day. So here we are two weeks later. And what a two weeks it has been, man. A lot of highs and a lot of lows. Just it's been... It's been wild, man. It's been a lot of, uh, at least I'm funny. So many nights, uh, man, We I drive home with my buddy Nick Talelli, very funny comedian up in uh, New York City, and we drive home like 40 minutes. This was before we moved into the actual city of New York. We lived in Long Island. There'd be so many nights where you drive home from doing eight shows, and seven of them went horrible. You know, there's six people in the crowd. One of them's from... Finland and six other ones are from South Africa and they have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. They just did nothing translates or, or, you know, like you get a parking ticket that you can't pay and you just go, well, at least I'm funny. You know, at least I got some jokes. So yeah, it's just been one of those weeks, man, where comedy as lame as that sounds has been like the thing that has kept me going. Uh, uh, Last week, I had my power off for three days. So I was gone pretty much all day except for the nighttime. You know, I'd come home from a show and I'd have a flashlight by the door and then I'd light a bunch of candles that my ex-girlfriend left. Uh, So I look like like a Buddhist monk or like a ninja in training. I just, every shelf in the house, every surface had a candle on it, a little tea light. And yeah, I was just in monk mode and I'm laying there in bed at four in the morning, sweating my ass off. Dude, okay, so I'm on the third floor, right? I have a breeze constantly coming through the windows, the back door. You, you barely need AC, right? The The three days my power's off, zero breeze. Not one fucking, not a, not even a, just nothing, right? Just 90 degrees at night. Sweating my fucking ass off, dude. Laying there, but one of the YouTube videos, the stand-up clips I posted, got 500,000 views on TikTok and did a record on my YouTube, 70,000 views on YouTube, which was huge, man. And I'm just laying there sweating my ass off going, you know what? At least people like my jokes, you know? So it's just one of those one of those weeks, man. I didn't even know if I wanted to share that with y'all, but, you know, sometimes you just... I didn't have the 200 to pay my, my power bill last month and then, or the months, months ago, you know, 150 turned into 300, 300 turned into 600 and then it turned into 800 and then 800 turned into no electricity. So that was three days last week. And you know, that's what happens when you, you move your whole life to Idaho for 48 hours and then come back and just have to completely reset yourself. You know, I, I basically abandoned this place. And thank God I didn't get rid of it because, yeah, this is, (laughs) we're back in the studio. So I'm grateful to be here with you. And man, this show and the 
the comedy man has just been keeping me going. So, so excited to be back on the mic talking to you guys or you. I don't know. They say if you do a solo podcast, you're supposed to say you for everything instead of you guys because you want to make it feel more inclusive. But I don't know. If you're if you're driving to work and I say you guys versus you and you it doesn't feel as welcoming, I don't know what to tell you. All right. It's you guys. It's you girls. It's you guys in Saudi Arabia. I mean, where were you guys the last two weeks? You you could have flown me out to Saudi, and I would have done a show for a cool million dollars. You know, that's my rate. That's my rate for Saudi Arabia. If I'm flying to Saudi Arabia, it's for a million dollars. Nothing less. Not 999000 A million. <laughs> yeah, dude, we have Saudi fans on this show. They message me on Instagram all the time. Love the show. Love the episode. I'm like, hey, can you tell one of your prince cousins to book me over there? I'll do an hour. I'll even bring some friends. We'll do a whole day event for a million dollars. But anyway, man, yeah, it's just been, uh, you know, the funniest thing about laying in bed with no AC is hearing all your neighbors AC units kick on. God, that's funny, dude. You're just sitting there like I'm on my third cold shower of the night. You know, I don't even want to lay in my bed anymore because the sheets are fucking just soaked from sweat. And you hear all your neighbors AC units. And you're like, you bastards. <laughs> but yeah, bro, you just got to stay positive, man. I guess I'm sharing that with you just because I don't know if you're in the same situation or it's funny because it's temporary, you know, and I used to when I was young, like 18, 19. And, you know, I'd be in a uh, situation, you know, whether it be like financial or whatever. And it was just you would kind of panic. And now I don't panic. I just I look at the situation and go, OK, what is the first step? What is the best possible way out of this situation. So this week has just been so much better, man. Like everything's just on the come up. And that's what I've come to learn. And, you know, maybe you can take this with you. But whenever I'm at a point where I'm like, fuck, man, I don't know if I can do another hour of this shit. Whenever I'm at the point where like my back is up against the wall and I I just think like, Something good is about to happen. Like, whenever I'm at the breaking point, that's the breakthrough, I feel, you know? Yeah, whenever you're at your breaking point, man, just know that something good's about to happen, dude, because, you know, and I've talked to people about this before. It's like, it's not a, it's, it's like you're never suicidal. Like, it never gets to that point, but it's at the point where you're like, I don't want to do any of this shit anymore. Like, I don't want to do, I don't want to do fucking anything, dude. Like, I could just lay on the floor and do nothing like it's just almost like a it's like crippling almost but if you can just break through that like hey I'm still I still have to do what I have to do you know I still have to keep going I still have to go on stage you know because I was trying to stay out of the house as long as possible until I got you know some money to pay for for the power bill you know like charge your phone in the car and, and I've never had my power off so it was just like you know, at 25 for like four months, I was on a bunk bed in LA and you'd wake up to an earthquake and the bed's going, <laughs> and you're just thinking like, dude, what am I doing? You know, you're 25 years old. You're on a bunk bed. 
you drive Uber, but you're in at the Laugh Factory. You know, you're doing shows at the Comedy Store. Things felt, you know, you're just like, this is the this is the journey. But then it's like at 28 with your power off, you're like, fuck, man, am I like, is this shit gonna pay off, or is it, or is it just like a never ending cycle of just dog shit? So it's just like all this stuff goes through through your head, man, and like all you can think about is like, dude, I just want to do the podcast. I just I just want to do stand up. And then seeing the video just take off, you know, we were at 400 subscribers on YouTube two weeks ago. Now we're well into the 600s, and it's just like, man, like, just keep, just keep moving, man. And good things are gonna happen. So, yeah, the last two weeks have been, you know, the highs were high and the lows were fucking low. But hey, I'm back in studio. We're back in this bitch like I left my keys. And, uh, well, I guess we were in studio earlier this week, but the audio recorded, the video didn't, and I just was like, you know what, (laughs) I'll come back on uh, Saturday and we'll try again. So here we are. Did not plan on starting the episode like that, but that's that. Dude, what is this? Every episode, this chair gets squeakier and squeakier. (laughs) We're on episode 99. And this chair is just squeak city. By episode 100, I'm probably going to lean back and it's going to fall apart. But that's what happens when uh, I assemble furniture. You know, if I if I order something online and it comes in a box, if it comes in multiple boxes, I'm like, yeah, dude. I wish you could just buy the chair assembled. Like, can I take the display model? Don't send, Don't show me the display model and then send me it boxed into three pieces. That shit makes me so angry, dude, when I have to look at a picture of screws and figure out which screw is the right one. I remember this chair now. This thing was a pain in the ass. When I was almost done, I found a little bag full of washers, the little metal circle thing that keeps the screws away. We know what a washer is, Sean. Yeah, well, maybe some people don't. You're supposed to play to the highest level of intelligence in the room, but usually when I do that, I realize that Maybe I'm a fucking genius or maybe I'm an idiot. So I feel like I have to dumb down a lot of my stuff. But anyway, I found a little bag of washers and I went, oh, dude, I didn't put a washer on any of these. So now it's just metal on metal. So that's probably why I got the squeak effect. I put together furniture like a carny that doesn't care anymore. That works at the state fair. My job is to assemble the Ferris wheel yet again. This is the last few fairs that we're setting up, and my job is to assemble the Ferris wheel, and I get to the very last bolt, and I go, shit, I didn't put the spacers on any of these, and rather than take the whole Ferris wheel apart and do it again, I just screw the last screw in, and that's how you end up with a squeaky-ass chair. So I would definitely be the guy that gets everybody killed, like, I put the final touches on the roller coaster, and on the first drop, it just disassembles. You think about how fucking crazy that is? Machines that are designed to pick people up and flip them upside down are assembled by someone who you wouldn't let watch your kids. A machine that's going to throw your kids in a complete circle at a high rate of speed is assembled by somebody drinking a Mountain Dew Code Red and looking for meth. I actually knew some kids in the circus. Their parents were clowns, and the kids rode the dirt bike in the little ball, the loop-de-loop, 
And, uh, yeah, these kids were... These kids were rough. Let's just say that. They would always be at the skate park when I was a kid. And you wouldn't see them for, like, a month. And you're like, where where you guys been? And they're like, oh, we're... We're in the circus. Our parents are clowns. And you're just like, what a lifestyle. You know? Interesting. Very, very interesting. But that's Florida. You know, we've talked about this. You have Jeffrey Epstein and Carnies. You never know who you're talking to in Florida, you know? A normal guy could promote midget wrestling. You just don't know who you're talking to. (laughs) All right. We're way off track here on the show. Speaking of Florida, dude, everything is like copy and paste now. I don't know if it's like this in your town. Um, I mean, it kind of is everywhere, but it's just like everything is the fucking same, dude. It's like, are we really at the point where corporations have taken over completely? Because there's like no mom and pop restaurants or businesses. It's like the average Florida intersection is bank, Taco Bell, Chick-fil-A, bank, Taco Bell, Chick-fil-A, bank. Not only, it's like, how are there this many mattress stores? Mattress store, car wash, bank, Chick-fil-A. That's an intersection in Florida. Copy and paste, Taco Bell, McDonald's, Taco Bell, McDonald's. It's all the same shit, dude. Or a Wawa, which I actually like Wawa. You know, at first I didn't like Wawa. I was like these fucking corporate gas stations. They're taking over. Pretty soon it's just going to be nothing but Wawa's. And then I'm like, you know what? That's fine. I am totally fine with a gas station monopoly if it's Wawa. You know why? Because I appreciate a gas station that has a nice bathroom. That's what a gas station is to me. Gas, bathroom, water, snack. That's the gas station experience. I don't want to be handed a key with a fucking baseball bat attached to it. Why does the restroom key... I? It's like... We know you don't want to lose the key, but can you not use a lifeboat oar from the Titanic? Why is the pole that the restroom key is on always so damn long? I won't even use a bathroom at a gas station now if they have a key. Or if I can't use the bathroom, if they go, oh, it's out of order. Or if they go, the bathroom's for employees only. I won't pump gas there. That's why I fucking love Wawa, dude. Everything's the same. Bathroom's in the back. Snacks are over here. Yeah, there's a lady out front with no shoes yelling at the building looking for cigarette butts, but that's just gas station culture. All right, that's just what it breeds. Dude, Wawa made other companies step their shit up. You know how they have that cobblestone on every pillar? Looks like a nice house, but it's a gas station. 7-Eleven, Racetrack, they all started doing that shit. They're like, damn, we got to step it up. But yeah, Wawa's the shit, dude. And what's the point of a restroom key if there's going to be shit on the floor When I walk in, that's what you're protecting. Like they give you this giant ass key attached to a life preserver. You open the door and there's a log on the floor and you're like, this is what, what, what is this? You could have just left it unlocked. I remember I was probably like eight years old. I went into one of those gas station bathrooms and there was a Playboy magazine open on the floor of the bathroom and I just remembered staring. I don't even think I used the bathroom. I think I just looked straight down for three and a half minutes and then ran out. And the rest of the road trip, I was just like, like a Vietnam vet, just with the thousand yard stare. You know, someone would be talking to me, but I'd just be looking through them because I'm just thinking of tits. I'm like, what did I just witness? 
Dude, if you're eight years old and you see a vagina, you're like, whoa. I thought everybody had what I had. What is that thing? Why is hers missing? You have so many questions, but you don't want to ask because it's a naked woman. You feel like you'll get in trouble or something. It's not. It wasn't my Playboy magazine. Some trucker. <laughs> yeah, dude. I just don't like when people put the Wawa food on a pedestal. That's kind of... I was talking to somebody the other day. They're like, oh, Wawa has the best food. And I'm like, let's relax. Where else are you eating that Wawa has the best food? Wawa food's the best? Yeah. Would you take a girl there on the first date? I know some people have. That's hilarious, dude. That is actually legendary. First date, Wawa. She's like, where are we going to go? You're like, meet me at the Wawa. She's like, is that a French restaurant? You're like, no. But it does have outdoor seating. If you're lucky enough, a Dodge Ram will back into a parking space while we're eating outside and we'll be able to inhale diesel fumes. Because nothing makes a chicken salad sandwich taste better than diesel fuel. Wawa has the best food. What are you eating? That Wawa is five-star gourmet. It's gas station food. Don't get me wrong. I've eaten there. But if you're ordering food next to an ATM and a crackhead, it's probably not a great restaurant. I opened TikTok today and there was an ASMR video. Freaked me the hell out, dude. I don't know if you've seen the ASMR. I don't know what it stands for. But it's just people whisper into the mic and they tap their little fingers. And they... ASMR. ASMR. Dude, that shit is terrifying. If I was a prisoner of war and they were trying to get me to talk, all it would take was for them to bring some ASMR person in there. I would snitch immediately. They're like, if you don't tell us where your squad is, we're going to remove your teeth with pliers. And I'm like, fuck you. I'll never tell you where they are. You know, they put a cigarette out on your neck. They're like, you're like, fuck you. I ain't going to say shit. And then they go, oh, yeah. And they bring someone in that was like, ASMR, ASMR. I'd be like, they're in the fucking mountains. They're in the mountains. I'll give you the coordinates. Make it stop. Dude, that, dude, I don't know who's into that. Is it a fetish where you like hear people talk quietly, dude? That shit just annoys the fuck out of me. You ever had the kid behind you in, like, English class try to whisper to you? You're like, dude, get the hell out of my ear. I had a kid sit behind me one year. He just kept trying to tell me how good the weed was that he had. He's like, dude, my cousin just got back from California. I'm like, get the fuck out of my ear, bro. Then the teacher's like, Sean, eyes on your own paper. You think I'm, th- you think I'm cheating off this kid? Hell no. Now we'll get into this article I saw this week, man. This is just... You want to talk about corporations. This is the funniest shit. This is so classic. So the CEO of Raising Cane's dropped $100,000 to give each one of his 50,000 employees a $2 lottery ticket. And this is what the CEO says. This is how out of touch these people are. He said, look, I hear from our crew members all the time and things are really tough out there. Whether they're pumping gas or buying groceries, they're feeling it and it's hard. So this was an opportunity to have fun, but at the same time, hopefully make a little bit of extra money for our people. Yet, some have questioned the executive's decision to throw more money at the game with minuscule chances of winning. You spent $100,000 on lottery tickets and you lost, and you're going to do it again? 
Why not just give the money, give $200,000 to your employees? That's what the interviewer said. And then the CEO responds, buying the lottery tickets was really more than about money. The decision to divvy up the potential winnings reflects taking care of each other, standing by each other as family, he said. He told the Post that the idea of buying the lottery tickets really came down to doing the right thing for his employees and having a bit of fun at it. I don't think of it as $100,000. It's really $2 per crew member, he said. And if you look at it that way, it's just a couple of bucks. They work very hard every day, and we're doing this for them to have fun and test their luck. So I feel good about doing it. Basically saying, hey, look, we're not going to give these people a raise, but if they happen to win the lottery, uh, we can all split it. First of all, how many of these employees do you think are going to split it? You're just going to get, hey, uh, Devontae hasn't been here in a week. Hey, uh, where the fuck has Carl been? Who? Uh, Carl, the manager, he's just gone. He hasn't been here in a month. And then you see Carl wins $500 million Mega Millions jackpot. That's insane, dude. I would rather somebody spit on me. Like, if, if all these employees are like, man, we need a raise. You know, what What are we going to do with this inflation, man? We're only getting paid 12 an hour. You know, I got kids and shit. And this guy gives you a $2 lottery ticket. I'd rather the CEO just spit on me than give me $2. Like, hey, man, things are really hard right now. I mean, gas is $5 a gallon, and, I, you know, I, I can't keep up with the, the rising cost of, of food at the grocery store. And then he goes, hey, I'm the CEO of Raising Cane's. Don't worry. Here's a $2 lottery ticket. I would rather him go, hey, I'm the CEO of Raising Cane's. <laughs> I'd go, hey, thank you for that. That felt a lot better than a $2 lottery ticket. I mean, good God, dude. It's hard to, you know, there is the argument of like, well, the CEO, you know, it's a really important position. They should get paid a lot more, you know, this and that. But it's like when you just go out of your way to say, fuck you, guys, the guy just dropped $200,000 like it was nothing. How about everyone gets a $2 raise an hour? Oh, no, no, no. That's cutting into the margins of our chicken. Yeah, I get it, but what a disaster. And we'll leave it right there. Thanks for listening. Appreciate uh, you guys coming back week after week, telling a friend about it. If you like the show, leave a review. Just scroll down, click the five stars, type in LOL. Anything helps, you know. It bumps up the... Uh, the show and the algorithm recommends it to more people, more listeners. The more people that listen, the more often I can do the show, uh, the more time I can spend with it and just keep growing it, making it better. That was episode 99. I will see you for episode 100. You want, you want to smoke What have we got here? A fucking comedian. This show's not gonna go well. <laughs>